Hello, and welcome back to the fourth edition of the NetCentric podcast. NetCentric is a cognizant digital business. And for this fourth installment, I'm joined with Deanna Prodanchuk. She's the project management officer at NetCentric. And Deanna, rather than me try to explain it, why don't you give us a quick uh, background, uh, self-bio? I'm Deanna. I'm currently living in the UK, but I'm from Romania. I moved here two years ago, and I've been with NetCentric since 2018, so three and a half years, which was quite a journey. <laughs> and I'm really happy I, ha- I have the journey uh, I'm still going through. Yes, I'm a project management officer or a, a PMO, as we like to call ourselves. It's just shorter. But I'm also having uh, other roles, uh, like Scrum Master. I'm the Scrum Master for a couple of projects uh, in NetCentric. And I'm a Holacracy trainer. I'm very proud of that. And I'm a social responsibility champion, not only in the company, but like in my own life. <laughs> I, I can identify with that. Nice, nice. That's a, yeah. That, I think that that would be it. Yeah, that's me. a great a great summary. We'll dive into each one of those uh, different yeah. colors here in, in the in the coming minutes to come. Uh, but I want to go backwards a little bit in time. Could you tell me what your earliest memory of technology is? Actually, I have two that come in mind. So the first one was a, a mobile phone that my uncle had. And it was one of the big ones. <laughs> I'm sure you remember it. So uh, big one, key- keyboard on it and everything. No touch screen whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it looked like such a big thing. Now when I think about it, it, it seems silly. And the other thing that I remember is later on. So this was in my childhood. And the, late, uh, the, the other thing is uh, during my high school years, so we had computers now in school. Uh, we were learning things. I, went, I w- was in the school magazine, and so we were using Word to edit <laughs> uh, the magazine. And one of my colleagues wanted to give me one song, one song uh, to listen. Uh, and he put it on three floppy disks, <laughs> three of them. And I had to put each one of them in the, in the computer <laughs> to have one song uh, that stayed with me. I mean, now when I when I think about it, because I'm like, I like to listen to music. I like to listen to podcasts. Uh, listening is, is my thing. Um, <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah, imagine and listening. he put so much effort into it, like hours of doing those floppy yeah. disks. That's like pre-mixtape. Yeah. That's, uh, that's great. Yes, exactly. So yeah, you listen for one minute and then you have to change the floppy disk and listen to the, the earliest MPV of all time. That's, that's fantastic. Yes. Do you remember which song it was? Oh man, no, I don't remember. I think it was a Kylie Minogue song. <laughs> I don't remember which one. I was, I was going to guess Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. But... <laughs> It was especially for you, so he he did a, a lot of work. I think he may have had a, he may have had a crush on you. I think that we're uh, still think, really good friends. So. Yeah, he's stuck <laughs> in the friend zone after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, tell me about where you're from. Where where did you uh, where did you grow up? I'm from Romania, and I grew up in this small town. Um, which at that point in life, I thought this is too small of a universe for me. But now I really love it. I feel like. This is how you should live in a small town. Uh, it's called Panchu. And I did. I was in school there till the end of high school. So like till I was 18. Um, I, was, I, I lived in, in a house. Uh, we had a garden and I have a sister. And we have so many things that we've done there. Um, it was really special. It was a really special childhood. Uh, and I also had my uh, grandparents... Um, to go to the countryside 
on the hills and in the forest and yeah it was it was really really something it sounds magical um it's funny yeah, it's it funny is. how we come full circle right i mean i'm the same way i mean i was always running and chasing and trying to try new cities and experiences and go all over the world and and travel and live in cities really and then as you kind of get a little like oh you know it it, where I'm from is actually really nice, and and I can see why my my parents chose that and why they chose that lifestyle and that place to live and, and raise raise their family. It's funny how that uh, that life cycle comes totally comes right. back around. Yeah. Um, but growing up, what did you? What were your interests? What did you study growing up? <laughs> I was the math person, so <laughs> I had a love for math, um, not for literature. Uh, so I missed all those years of pure time to read. I missed it because I was so much into economics and mathematics and numbers that it just that that was it for me. Um, now I love to read. I feel like I've missed out on things, so I'm trying to catch up. So I was in the the math and computer science class uh, in high school, uh, and then later on when I joined the university, I joined the business management. So that's where my, uh, my preparation uh, in higher education is. And also I have, I, I continue with a master's de- degree in the same area. Mm-hmm. So still closer to numbers from my point of view. What, was, there, <laughs> but, was there someone that got you into math and, and, and sciences when you, were, when you were young, when you were, when you were growing up? Honestly, I don't remember that. It felt like just easier for me to understand it. It, it made a lot uh, of sense. Also because, I don't know, maybe they're not really, they're not approaching literature in the way I would like it to be approached. We had to like read what critics said, said about some, some things that others uh, have written. And I, I was more like, but I have an opinion. I don't want to read what the critics said. I want to tell you what I feel about this. Yeah. <laughs> And in this part, it kind of um, took push me away from from yeah literature and then and s- languages and stuff. <laughs> and then, so when you were you know when you're coming out of uh, of uh, let's say you know university, what 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 fields, what industries were you were you interested in? Where did you think you would land? I didn't really have an idea where I would go um, because I feel like till you're thirty, you're kind of like. I don't really know what's going on with me. It's a whole storm in yourself, in your mind, in your values. And then after 30, you kind of settle down. So I can, I, I was kind of pushed in uh, getting um, a job while I was in university because of, yeah, this was a situation I needed to, to make sure that I can go through university and not be like a whole burden on my family. So I just got hired in, I got uh, a job in a call center. <laughs> I was talking to people eight hours uh, per day. Then I was going to school and I was doing that over and over again. And I was working in weekends. Then I moved in back office for those people. And we were just making sure that they have access to television, like in the farthest village in Romania, on the top of the mountain, that they still have a way of having having this uh, opportunity of information for information. Um, and once I moved uh, in back office of the same company, I was dealing like with activations of these tools that they were using. And I, I've been there f- for a very long time. So I, I finished my uh, bachelor degree, I finished my master's degree, and then I, I moved out <laughs> because I was, by, by that point, I was like, 
I cannot do this anymore. I still don't like calling people. <laughs> so even now I don't call my family. I mostly message because I, I was so done with, with phones and phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very honored that you took this one and that we can have this call. Uh, to oh, learn. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when did you make the jump into tech? When, how did you get into the tech world? While I was uh, finishing, so after, after I finished my master's degree, I had a half of a year in which I had only work on my hands. And that felt quite weird for me being in that always learning, always working uh, type of setup. So then I decided to learn Spanish because I said, okay, I love Spanish. I want to learn it. I have time. Why not? I learned it very well. And then because I had this new language that I was speaking beside English, uh, I got an opportunity to, to take a job in, in a multinational company. And that's when I moved. It was an IT company, but I mean, I wasn't close. I, I don't even feel it. It was an IT company um, because I was dealing with like warranty for different products. So it was very far away from my role that uh, that I was doing. Um, it was a support role. And that's that's when I joined. And I especially took the job because of uh, Spanish. I wanted to speak Spanish. I wanted to write in Spanish. Everything needed to be in Spanish at that point. Of course, I was forced to use English because, uh, yeah multinational company you use English for mm -hmm. communication mm -hmm. but with the customer I was using Spanish and from that later role of making sure of the warranties and doing activating them in a system and so, uh, system and so on I moved to a business analyst uh, type of role and that's got me closer to the numbers and the PMO work that uh, later on I did in, uh, and I'm still doing in Netcentric and when I got into the, Netcentric the uh this is the first contact that I actually have with IT, like firsthand. Uh, with, for example, in my projects with with the teams, um, I actually see the product. I know what we're doing. I see all the requirements, how we split every feature that we need to do, and so on. Uh, but at the point that I uh, applied, uh, I was coming from this background that I was just telling you, and um, and the process manager type of role that I've done. But uh, I was really interested in the company. It was like, it was the only company that had holocracy in Romania. For me, it was like, I will um, see if they have a role. PMO appeared, I applied and the interview went well and I got here. And after that, it was like crazy amount of learning in this three and a half years. The way I've grown, it's quite impressive if I look back. So what got you interested in, in holacracy? What, what was your, your step yes. into that world? Again, in the same period of time after master and Spanish, I uh, decided that uh, I will join this alternative university in Bucharest, uh, which was exactly what it sounds, a different kind of university founded by a couple of uh, people that said, we're not doing learning in the way we should be doing learning in schools. So I think we need this university and let's see if there are other like-minded people around that will join us. And I found out about them and I really, really wanted to, to be there. Um, I joined. And in this alternative new university, because we were the designers of our uh, learning processes, we decided that we want to look into this topic of future of work. When you look into the future of work and you start with the book from Laluri, Inventing Organization, which is amazing, 
then you 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 cannot stop not looking to see is there something else how can we uh, organize our companies and organization different than in the normal hierarchical way so we found all these either they were like um, in-house systems that the companies that we were looking at uh, invented or they were like this type of frameworks like horocracy so before I joined uh, Netcentric, I was um, I had quite a high knowledge of what holocracy means. We all actually tested it. We were talking with companies that we were uh, that were using it. So we did in-depth research uh, and learning on that. Um, so my my feeling was like I I've learned about it. Now I need to try it on my own skin. I want to see how it feels like, and I want to see. What are the pluses and what are the minuses of uh, such a setup? Um, yeah, so that was it. So, so <laughs> tell me, story. tell me about life now, currently at Netcentric. Or let's actually let, before when before before the plague, before COVID. <laughs> uh, what what was life like at, at Netcentric when you joined? What did you find there? Well, I was really happy to see that what I was expecting, I found. Um, so I was expecting autonomy, which I already was um, training in the alternative university and I wanted to see in a workplace how it would look like. Um, and in a centric, you have that. I mean, holocracy, the whole holocracy setup says you are the leader of your own role. Uh, and you are the ones who, you, you are the one who knows what's better for, for your role. And you are this person that can wear different hats at different moments uh, of day, meaning now I'm acting from my holocracy uh, trainer role. Now I'm acting for my scrum master role and so on. Um, and you have a very clear set of accountabilities. And what also, it, it amazed me at the interview was like, I had the interview with the, the person that was doing the job. We talked transparent and honest about what the job means. I can ask a question. I felt the space to do that. And in the uh, the company, also the job description was the role with the purpose and accountabilities, and that was this no no ten thousand pages of stuff, <laughs> very clear. Uh, and I also found um, the space to raise my voice uh, and to feel like I can do that, um, and people are really listening no matter where you're coming from, because you might have a different perspective, especially in a, in a new, a new joiner always brings a, a different perspective. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it still is like that. And I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Even though it's a bit more virtual now, a bit more remote. Yes. But honestly, I didn't feel the, no, the change too badly for me. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Because I miss my colleagues. I miss, miss being in an office and just going out for lunch or going out for a walk mm -hmm. um, together. I miss talking uh, to them about different uh, things. But in the same time, working from home, it kind of helped me focus more on on the things and the tasks that I wanted to uh, to do. And being already onboarded uh, in NetCentric and with quite some clear um, knowledge of uh, holocracy, it was easy. I didn't feel the disruption. Uh, I would say that 
if you're not settled in the way holacracy works, it can be a bit uh, disruptive. But for me, it was was fine. <laughs> it's still fine. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you had more of a background than most when it comes to holacracy. I yeah, think yeah, I uh, did. I did. Um, I was really interested in it, and that's why I became a holacracy trainer. And for me, it's important. I want to train people. And I'm also coaching. I mean, every time a person needs help with setting up a circle or just approaching a, a situation, I'm there and they can ask. So how do circles work at NetCentric? What's a circle? Well, circles appear at the point in which one role that has a, a specific purpose to the purpose of the company. Because, yeah, you start with the purpose of the company and then it breaks down in different roles. And those roles have a specific purpose that aligns with the purpose of the company. So when you get to this situation in which it's just, you can see that there are different areas with different purposes, that means you can, you can make that role a circle. So you bring new people and new roles in it. Um, and that's how a circle is formed. And basically you can create a circle or decide to close a circle at any moment. It's very fluid. Uh, and I think it's important for a company in these days to have this agility, to adapt to whatever changes appear in the environment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think now more than ever, that's incredible because you need to be able to instill autonomy and uh, and flexibility and, and adaptation yeah. uh, throughout everything that's happening in the world right now, uh, especially with remote teams. You need to give them that that authority to make decisions and move fast. Uh, and obviously, exactly. it's working. Yeah, obviously, it's working for NetCentric. We've seen uh, yeah. incredible rapid growth the last five, six years, seven years, and, and uh, it doesn't seem it. there's any signs of slowing down. Um but outside of work and outside of your passion for holacracy, what else do you like? What are some of your personal hobbies and passions outside of work? You know, I'm always afraid of this question every time I meet someone. <laughs> because when someone asks me, what are your hobbies? I, I, I have a moment when I was like, I don't really have the classic hobbies. <laughs> because I don't like to do any things. Um I like to read psychology and philosophy, so I would I would say these are my 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 passions um, and hobbies, because I don't have enough time as I would want for mm -hmm. them, and I feel like there there is so much there to to learn and to find, um, and to give you like a more day to day thing, I, I just I love having long walks, uh, in which I can read a book. Basically, I'm listening to it, but yeah. that's for me reading uh, combined with walking and is the best. I mean, you cannot have anything else better than that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of famous uh, philosophers and leaders and, you know, um, uh, business professionals uh -huh. that, that swear by the, the daily ritual of walking, that, that, that daily constitution of walking and letting your, your mind work. Because I think there's something mindless about walking, but getting your, your body moving, that you're able to get lost in your own thoughts and work through problems yeah. uh, kind of while subconsciously also taking in uh, a nice stroll. So where do you like to walk? I have a big park next to me, like huge. Uh, actually, they say it's a farm. I can, I have sheep there and cows <laughs> every morning. And then people with dogs and lots of squirrels. Um, so that's when I'm walking. And I have different um, routes because I can have a shorter route or a longer route, depending my mood. And I also have a cycling route 
going like from one lake to the other, which is <laughs> much bigger distance. Yeah. So I go there uh, in the last weeks I've been out for this shorter walk, like two times a day before starting and uh, when I'm finishing before after dinner. Uh, and right now my partner is coming with me, so I, I keep talking to him about things. But uh, tomorrow he said he's not coming, so I'm going to take my headphones. Reading, I'm, I'm going through this uh, book uh, about the climate war because, yeah, of course, social responsibility is another thing <laughs> that I'm really uh, interested on. Um, and yeah, my next uh, my next month probably is going to be focused on this. So, but it's so about social responsibility because you mentioned that actually previously that that that's a mm -hmm. that's a passion of yours and and you even took a course on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did this course with uh, the Cambridge University, which I thought it was great online course of course uh but on saturday i'm going to visit the university that will be my weekend so i'll go into that, that's nearby right cambridge Ca cambridge is nearby right yeah it's kind of one hour one hour okay. and, no one hour from us yeah so it's quite close uh, and i want to take the tour of the university just for the feeling of it yeah it's a beautiful <laughs> and very historic campus yes so. exactly uh so i did this this course on um transition to net zero emissions uh, it was like a two, two and a half months. Um, and it was really good. Uh, it went with us and from the beginning, from what it is, where we are, and what can you do from your role, where you're sitting, how do you create impact, and how do you move this uh, forward, basically. Um, and it was great. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> and how, how long was the course? Two to three months, two and a half months, okay. more or less. I mean, uh, we went through modules and each week had a module and we had an ass uh, assessment to do on it. So it kept you like really, really close and paced. Um, and we had lectures and uh, people checking our our assessment. Yeah, I mean, it was university style. They were very clear on, on how the things need to be written and uh, references and so on. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great experience of uh, of learning. And uh, now I'm doing another course, which is a leadership course uh, about freedom of, at work, very connected to to where we are with holocracy and so on. And I find myself like I already learned from the Cambridge course, like if you say something, you need to put in quotes and reference it. And I'm doing it all over in this course. <laughs> Um, so it's good. That is good. That is good. You have time yeah. for that as well. Um, so are there any circles at Netcentric that revolve around uh, corporate social responsibility? Yeah, we, we created this uh, this circle. Um, honestly, I'm not sure where the, uh, who who created it um, at that point in time because it was before I, I joined. Um, and we have a, a circle. It's called Social Responsibility. This is the name we've chosen for ourselves. And we're trying to just have different projects uh, in the company regarding that. Uh, we are a bunch of passionate people. We just want to be there. Uh, this was something that was created by employees for employees, basically. There was no guidance from, I don't know, GCC, which is that would be the general circle. Yeah. What, um, so what are, some, yeah. what are some of the initiatives and projects that you guys have done? Yeah, so we, last year we had uh, this... Um, no plastic day. So we were trying to raise awareness of how you can reduce plastic and what recycling means and how there are seven more steps till you get there. And that should be like the last one. Uh, I'm always 
I'm always saying like um, carbon offsets are like recycling. So you get there if there is no other way in which you could reuse, reduce. Yeah. I think it's really, really important, especially as this next generation comes up and really pushes it from the ground up, that companies as as living beings take responsibility for the environment and for the earth and, and making sure we leave, we leave this place, we protect this place better than we found it. And uh, it's good to hear that NetCentric's doing that and supporting you in, in that way. Um, now, as far as, as far as, you know, the next the next group, the next cohort, the next new ground of new hires, young young starters fresh out of a university coming in to join NetCentric, what advice would you give them to join the company? Um, say just join with an open heart and an open mind and take it in and take advantage of the possibility it gives you. Um, because I mean, it can be scary when you're like, no one tells you exactly what you need to do. Of course, we have trainings and so on, but no one is going to be there every moment to check what you're doing, how you're doing your work. So you have you have a lot of space to grow and shape uh, what you need to, to do and space for ideas. But this scares some people. Uh, if you're not used to it, you're, you don't really understand it. You don't know what is happening. So that's why I'm saying join with an open mind and an open heart. Uh, because if you do that, you'll get it. I mean, you'll get there quite uh, quite easily. And there is, uh, in NetCentric, there is such a great community of people and so much support from everywhere. You don't even need to know that person, but you just if you just message them, they will help you. And uh, yeah, that would be my advice. Nice. No, it sounds great. It sounds yeah. like a very, very attractive place to work where, where it is open and it is transparent and you're able to ask for that support yeah. across all all divisions, all teams, all circles. Um, for, for me, it's been, uh, been great. I mean, yeah, learn the most here. Yeah, take advantage of it. And um, yeah. that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're a little nostalgic for those days and just say, oh, I, I wish I could join again. You know, I wish I could go yeah, through yeah, it again. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that now it's, for me, it's even better because I have so much fluidity mm-hmm. that I didn't have at the beginning. Also, I also like that I'm a curious cat. So I like to understand how things work and why they are in the way they are. Um, and no one stopped me. I could ask as much as I needed to understand as much as I uh, as I need for, for myself, not only for my roles. That's great. So I have a lot more flexibility. Yeah. And, and room yeah. to grow, room to grow in, you know, yeah, in, yeah, into yeah, the exactly. areas of your interest, you know, and explore those areas. That's fantastic. Yep. Okay. So we are wrapping up on, uh, on time here, but I do want to close with, uh, with one question that we're asking all of our guests. And that question is looking forward in the next decade or so, hmm. which technology or innovation are you most excited about for the 21st century and why? <laughs> Well, no surprise here. <laughs> Everything that is related <laughs> with uh, decarbonization, is, is, this is what excites me the most. Uh, and I'm not talking only about new technology. So we already have electric cars. Uh, we're going towards electrifying uh, the way we're doing our life, except to comb- combustion fuel. And we have renewables and so on. But most of them they're not scalable enough. So technology is not there yet. And we need it. We, we need it to make the, the deadline of 2050. Uh, also, uh, carbon, um, uh, carbon capture technologies. 
they're not there yet. I mean, we're not using them. That would be another way that would help us a lot to, to take out the carbon that we have in the, the atmosphere because now we're, we're always talking about net zero, but actually we need to have a minus. Absolutely. We, we need to be carbon minus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is there is some really fascinating and innovative work being done in this space. Uh, I think I just read yeah. there was the largest uh, the largest carbon storage or, or, or decarbon, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, let's yeah, say, yeah, exactly. engineering engineering process happening in Iceland. They just launched, I think, uh, a couple of yes. weeks ago. It's and, incredible. And seen- um, but it's still, it's still a far ways off from being, uh, let's say, uh, cost effective, um, but I think the future vision is basically to to be able to pull this carbon from the from the atmosphere and, and then sell it and then sell it to the market and be able to you know be able to to run uh, industry on it, run uh, run our society on it, and and when, exactly. it, when we get to that 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 break even point where we can actually make more money uh, selling that reuse that carbon that we're pulling out of the, out of the atmosphere, that's going to be a great moment. So hopefully we have that to look forward to. In the end, I think we're a bit off in the way we're phrasing this because we're always talking about uh, what to do to save the planet but it's not about the planet in the end the planet could live with Euglenas on it it's about the human race mm-hmm. in the end so mm-hmm. what do we do to make sure that we're still here and we live the lives that uh, all of our ancestors worked for because in all honesty, this is the best time to be alive. And this is not something that I'm saying, I'm just agreeing with. I feel like we need to care about it. And that's why I got into social responsibility, just from pure love for Amazing. <laughs> humans, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Well, Diana, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. We will uh, we will too. wrap things up here, but hopefully we can have you on again in a future edition and see what other new projects are are laying ahead. That would be great. Okay, well, <laughs> thank ha- you, Scott. Thank you. Have a great day.